For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Two Houses and the New Testament. This is part nine of the series. We are doing a series entitled Two Houses and the New Testament. This is a part of a discipleship program that Hebraic Heritage Ministries offers. You can participate in the discipleship program either by getting monthly audio or video materials. And the purpose of the discipleship program is to systematically walk you through and to teach you the core principles and teachings concerning the Hebraic roots of Christianity. This teaching is going to explain and focus the role of the Messiah to gather the exiles of Israel. We're going to see that Yeshua's ministry is centered and focused around this issue. And not only Yeshua's ministry, but this Two Houses in the New Testament series is going to be explaining and teaching that the central theme of the New Testament is the role of the Messiah to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel and a detailed explanation of how it is going to happen. In Matthew, in chapter 9, verses 35 and 36, we have the following. And Yeshua went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Now, what we're going to do with these verses is we're going to break them apart and analyze them. And what we're going to see is the phrases in these verses is going to further amplify Yeshua's ministry to gather the exiles of Israel, to unite the 12 tribes of Israel. Remember this principle that when the Messiah comes, he is going to teach the Torah at the sowed or the hidden meaning level of the Torah. There are four main levels of understanding the Torah. The first is Peshat, that is the simple or the literal meaning. The second level is Remez, that is hint or alluding to. The third level is Darash, and Darash comes from Midrash, from the Darash is 
what midrash means. And this is to draw out the meaning of the text. And then the fourth level is the so, that is the spiritual level and the hidden meaning of the text being brought out and revealed. And the Hebraic understanding is that the Torah is likened unto a man. And even as human beings have an outer shell, we refer to that as our flesh. And people can see our flesh and see our outward appearance. But the real you is on the inside. It is your spirit. It is your soul. Likewise, the literal understanding of the text is the external meaning, but the real meaning, the heart meaning of the text is the sowed or the spiritual or the hidden meaning of the text. And so the things that Yeshua is doing in his earthly ministry, they are literal, they are historical, but the things that he's doing in his earthly ministry that is literal, there's a deeper meaning to it, and it all points to the role of the Messiah to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. So we are going to first in this teaching look at Matthew chapter 9 and verses 35 and 36 and see how on a deeper level this text is communicating the role of the Messiah to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. To begin with, in Matthew chapter 9 verse 36 it says, when Yeshua saw the multitude. Well, in a literal aspect, Yeshua was teaching to a great number of many people. But the multitudes on a deeper level is a reference to the northern kingdom or Ephraim or the ten tribes who are scattered in the nations of the world. And we can see how they're connected to the word multitude from the blessing that was given to Ephraim and Manasseh by Jacob in Genesis in chapter 48, verse 14 and verse 19, as it is written in Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. His younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations or a multitude of people. So the blessing that is given to Ephraim is that he would be a multitude of peoples. And and Yeshua is ministering to the multitudes. And what he's doing to the multitudes from the verse in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, is he is preaching the gospel of the kingdom to them. Matthew in chapter 9 and verse 35. And it says in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36, regarding the multitudes, that he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad. The multitudes were scattered abroad. The exiles of Israel are regarded as being scattered among the nations. In Zechariah chapter 7, verse 12 and verse 14, it is written, Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the Torah and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. And as a result of not following in obeying the Torah of the God of Israel, the consequence in Zechariah chapter 7, verse 14, but I scattered them 
with a whirlwind among all the nations whom they knew not. Thus the land was desolate after them that no man passed through nor returned, for they laid the pleasant land desolate. And in Matthew chapter 9 verse 36, the multitudes are said to be scattered abroad. So at the sowed level of the text, this is referring to the exiles of Israel, particularly Ephraim and the northern kingdom. Now in Psalm chapter 44 verse 8 and verse 11, Israel is likened to sheep as it is written. In God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever. Selah. You have given us like sheep appointed for meat and have scattered us among the heathen. So Israel, who is likened to sheep, are scattered among the heathen. Psalm 78, verse 43. How he had wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zon. Psalm 78, verse 52. But made his own people to go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. In Matthew, in chapter 9, in verse Verse 36, regarding the multitude, they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. In Ezekiel in chapter 34 and verses 1 through 10, we're told how the sheep of the God of Israel, they don't have shepherds that look over them properly. Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 1 and 2 and verse 5, it is written, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus is the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves? Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? And as a result of the shepherds of Israel not feeding the sheep, they were scattered because there is no shepherd. And we can connect this to Matthew in chapter 9 and verse 36. The multitudes were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Yeshua though is the good shepherd. John chapter 10 verse 11 and verses 14 and 15, Yeshua said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. You see, those who are scattered, they have no shepherd, but Yeshua is the good shepherd, and so he is going to gather the sheep from being scattered. And the gathering of the sheep is the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. Now it says in Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 that Yeshua is preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom is a reference to the messianic era. Daniel chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 it is written, I saw in the night visions and behold one like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 Yeshua is preaching the gospel of the kingdom to the multitudes who are scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Israel will be restored in messianic times. That is, the 12 tribes are going to be united in Messianic times. Acts chapter 1 verse 3, the setting is that Yeshua is resurrected and is showing himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God.
1. What are the things pertaining to the kingdom of God that Yeshua was speaking about? Well, in Acts chapter 1, verse 6, when they were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? What Yeshua is being asked is, when are you going to unite the 12 tribes of Israel? Because you see, David, King David, ruled over all 12 tribes from Jerusalem. And following the reign of David and Solomon, the kingdom was divided into northern kingdom and southern kingdom, and it has never been united since. It is the role and the task of the Messiah to gather and to unite the 12 tribes of Israel, and this is restoring the kingdom to Israel. So Yeshua was asked, when are you going to do that? Because this is the role and the task of the Messiah. Israel restored, or the end of the exile, and the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel, is the gospel or the good news of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, and Yeshua went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Here in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, in preaching the gospel of the kingdom, he healed every sickness and every disease. Now, this has a literal application. Those who are literally sick and diseased, he literally healed. However, sickness and disease on a deeper level is related to not following the Torah. And, and this speaks of the condition of the multitudes that they were not following the Torah. Therefore, they have incurred sickness and disease. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15, verses 60 and 61, it is written, But it shall come to pass if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe to do all these commandments and his statutes, which I command you this day, that all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. And it goes on to specify what these curses are. Moreover, he will bring upon you all the diseases of Egypt, which you are afraid of, and they shall cleave unto you. Also, every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of this Torah, them will the Lord bring upon you until you be destroyed. Notice the sickness and the disease are a result of not following the Torah. The disease is the exile for not following Torah. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15, verse 49, and verse 64, but it will come to pass if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe to do all these commandments and these statutes, which I command you this day, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. So in addition to sicknesses and disease, we're going to see that the consequence of breaking the Torah is exile into the nations. The Lord will bring a nation against you from far, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flies, a nation whose tongue you shall not understand. And the Lord shall scatter you among all people from one end of the earth, even unto the other. And there you shall serve other gods, which neither you nor your father have known, even wood and stone. We can see how the end of the exile is the restoration of Israel and the healing of the wound. Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 17. For I will restore health unto you. Restoring health is the end of sickness and disease. Restoration of health is the end of the exile of the house of Jacob. And I will heal you of your wound. The wound is the exile, says the Lord, because they called you an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeks after. Back to Matthew in chapter 9, in verse 35, it tells us that Yeshua went about all the cities and villages 
religious teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease. So what Yeshua is doing in his earthly ministry, literally, is prophetic of what he's ultimately going to do at his second coming. That he first does it literally, but then at his second coming, what is happening literally will be spiritually fulfilled, wherein he was literally healing those who had sicknesses and diseases. At his second coming, he's going to be gathering the exiles of Israel and returning them to the land, wherein he will be glorified in ending the exile. He will be healing their sickness and healing their disease, which also means that those who are returning will not only recognize Yeshua as the Messiah, but they will be following his Torah. The gathering of the 12 tribes of Israel is associated with mercy and compassion. Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 17 and 18, it is written, For I will restore health unto you, and I will heal you of your wound. The health is the end of the exile, and healing the wound, the wound is the exile, says the Lord, because they called you an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeks after. Verse 18, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tents, and have mercy on his dwelling places. So the end of the exile is mercy mercy being bestowed upon Jacob. Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 16 and 17 in verse 20. We can also see that the redemption or the end of the exile and the gathering of the 12 tribes of Israel is associated with an act of mercy and compassion by the God of Israel upon his people. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 16. Thus says the Lord, refrain your voice from weeping. This is speaking to Rachel and your eyes from tears for your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord, and they shall come again from the land of the enemy. That is from exile. Verse 17, there is hope in your end, says the Lord, that your children will come again to their own border. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 20, is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? For since I spake against him, I do earnestly remember him still. Therefore my bowels are troubled for him. I will surely have mercy upon him, says the Lord. So the mercy that is showed to Ephraim is he returns to the land of Israel from his exile. Ezekiel in chapter 39 in verse 25. This verse is at the end of telling us about the Gog-Magog war. And with the defeat of Gog and Magog, this is what Ezekiel in chapter 39 and verse 25 says. Thus says the Lord God, now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel and will be jealous for my holy name. The return of the captivity of Jacob is associated with having mercy upon the whole house of Israel. With this understanding, we go back to Matthew chapter 9 verses 35 and 36 when Yeshua is going around all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He sees the multitudes and he is moved with compassion. So what we are doing is we're taking every little phrase of these two verses and giving you a definition of these verses, showing you that on the deeper level, they speak about the role of Messiah to gather the exiles of Israel, and they returning to him and his Torah. Let's summarize what we've covered so far in this teaching. 
The ministry of Yeshua is to gather the exiles of Israel. The multitude represents Israel scattered in the nations. Israel is likened to sheep scattered in the nations. Israel was exiled into the nations, became sick and diseased for not following the Torah. While in exile, Israel had no shepherd. Yeshua is the good shepherd of Israel. The redemption of Israel is an act of mercy. The redemption of Israel is the gospel or the good news of the kingdom. Kingdom. The redemption of the nation of Israel will take place in the Messianic era or in Messianic times. Next, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the parable of the prodigal son. And we're going to see that this parable as well is about Ephraim and Judah and ultimately the unification of Ephraim in Judah. In the parable of the prodigal son, we are told that mercy is shown to the prodigal son. In this parable, it says a certain man had two sons. Well, the nation of Israel is likened to a quote-unquote son of the God of Israel. Exodus in chapter 4 and verse 22. And you shall say unto Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Ephraim is called a son of the God of Israel. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 20. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? In the parable of the prodigal son, it starts out this way. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11, it is written. He said, a certain man had two sons. The two sons here is going to refer to Ephraim and Judah. Ephraim is the northern kingdom. Judah is the southern kingdom. In Luke chapter 15 and verse 12, we see that the younger son demands his inheritance. And the younger of them, well, who is the younger between Ephraim and Judah? It is Ephraim. And he says to his father, 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 give me the portion of goods that falls to me. Why is he able to make this demand? Well, because he was given the birthright blessing and thus the inheritance. As we see in Genesis in chapter 48, that Jacob gave the blessing of the firstborn to Ephraim and Manasseh. And he divided unto them his living. We can see how Joseph or Ephraim is given the birthright blessing in 1 Chronicles chapter 5 in verse 2. For Judah prevailed above his brethren, and of him came the chief ruler. But the birthright was Joseph's. Ephraim committed harlotry. Ezekiel chapter 23, verses 2 through 5. Son of man, there were two women, the daughters of one mother. And they committed whoredoms in Egypt. They committed whoredoms in their youth. And the names of them were Ohalad the elder, and Ohalibah her sister. And they were mine, and they bare sons and daughters. Thus were their names. Samaria, now that is a reference to the northern kingdom or Ephraim or the house of Israel or the house of Joseph is Ohalah. In Jerusalem, that would be the southern kingdom or the house of Judah or the Jewish people is Ohalibah. And Ohalah, that is Samaria, that is the northern kingdom, that is Ephraim, played the harlot when she was mine and she doted on her lovers, on the Assyrians, her neighbors. In the parable of the prodigal son, Luke chapter 15, verse 13, not many days after the younger son demanded his inheritance, the younger son, this is a reference to Ephraim, gathered all together and he took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Riotous living is a reference to harlotry or idolatry. Now, one of the signs of the end of days is that there is going to be a famine in the land from Amos chapter 8 and verse 11. In the book, From Exile to Redemption, volume 1, page 65, 
5 by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson, he explains, On the eve of the coming of the Messiah, the entire generation will be hungry for the word of God, or the Torah, as it is written. And this is a quote from Amos chapter 8 and verse 11. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, when I will send a famine in the land, not a famine for bread, nor thirst for water, but for hearing the words of God, or a famine for following and hearing the Torah. In the parable, the younger son, Ephraim, suffers from famine. Luke chapter 15, verse 14. There arose a mighty famine. Well, that's going to conclude part nine of the series on the subject, Two Houses and the New Testament. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.